on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. If you want to be successful, you must believe in you, you must push, because nobody believes in you anyhow, right? So nobody thinks your idea is great, nobody thinks you're the right guy, you do something completely different, everybody thinks you are crazy, so you must put the effort in. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. Today, I've got Thorsten Walther here on the King stage. My brother, how are you? Hey, Chaz. A great pleasure being with you here. I'm very excited already the last days for this recording. I think people will see that my life is not common, right? I have a special path and yeah. Uh, yeah, happy to explain a little bit where I come from and uh, what I'm doing. Well, I'm excited to, to jump in here with you. Be before we do that, obviously, you've got a little bit of an accent. Tell us where you're from. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm German. And I try over many years to to get away the accent, but I think that's in my DNA and my blood and that's right. it's very difficult. And But if you think about the last 25 years, I not lived in Germany, right? I'm in France, Switzerland. I do things in San Francisco, Toronto. Now I'm many times in Singapore, but somehow my accent is not going away. As I was just telling the listeners, her ancestry.com is pretty official that I'm, I think it's 38% German. We're basically cousins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that that's uh, quite a huge amount, right? Yeah, you yeah, have... it is. My, uh, I think it stems from both sides. Wolf, my last name actually is an English name. I think from my grandmother's side, and who knows the DNA train. But in all seriousness, Thorsten, tell us what kind of business that you have now, because this one's going to be a really interesting one. Yeah, I'm the CEO and founder of Inspify, and we are a virtual sales platform. If you speak about virtual sales platform, think about um, Zoom for sales, metaverse enabled, and on steroids. So what we are doing, we really help businesses, retailers, and marketing and creative to have a very impactful online experience when they talk with their customers or stakeholders. So customer success managers, account managers, salespeople, they have all the same problem now. And it's getting more and more that you have more and more meetings online, but you have to present your products. You have to present your service in such right. an amazing way that it's quite difficult, right? And we have developed something. We come from a lot of luxury brands. We work with a lot of luxury brands together. And for them, it's very important to have an experience online when they talk with customers online, not only a Zoom meeting, it's really an experience from the first touch point till you say bye-bye to your customer. And this is what Inspify delivers, impactful, experience-driven, visual, and you have then me to impress, right? This is... I love what you're talking about. And just to allow you to pop in here another couple of sentences, but right before we got rolling, you were basically describing how your experience, a B2B sales process, a retailer or anything of a luxury brand, these examples that you've given is almost just as good, if not better than an in-person because they can, you can create whatever experience that you want rather than only having to deal with what you have in person. Really the only things that you're missing are the feel and touch. 
but everything else is like incredible it sounds like yeah and it's very interesting also where we come from right at the beginning the major objective was with our partners to build digital clones of physical retail stores but we very fast identified that this is not the experience people like online right because if i like to go through a boutique or a store i go to the store right Mm. so based on this experience we found out that hey we have no limits when we go into the metaverse when we go virtually so we built now virtual wonderlands and this can be for a luxury brand who sell jewelry watches fashion but think about this can also be for a consulting company where they want to engage with new employees onboarding, right? Today, you have the problem with COVID. People are working from home. But what do you do with new employees, right? How you get this community together? So you can build these metaverse, these, these custom virtual experiences where you bring people in, you bring them through, you have an experience, a brand experience, a company experience that you cannot do with a 2D website or via Zoom. And this is where we want to go. We want to create a virtual experience, a metaverse experience that connects people, where you can potentially sell your products in ways never done before, like you say. You can touch it, turn it, you can zoom it, you can really see photorealistic. The only thing what we right now not can simulate is really the smell, <laughs> smell yeah. of the. Yeah, we need we need a certain perfume that spritzes out of the computer and whatever product that they're looking at. Well, that's incredible, uh, Thorsten. We're going to have quite a bit to talk about here. You've obviously got an incredible history as well, but I want to know. We're talking about some, you, as you mentioned, just some very forward thinking, very visionary type things here. And I think a lot of the listeners are already going, "Wow, this is really cool," or they've heard some of this before potentially. I want to know what makes you tick at this level because you've already been successful. You've been you've been doing business all over the world, really, and you don't really have to probably do it much more. But I want to know why are you pressing so far into this even new age way of doing? Yeah, I think this is one of my big weaknesses. Right, I like to build things, and if you think where we come from, right, we come from a social shopping app that creates traffic in luxury boutiques, and then we have pivoted to this virtual sales platform. But what drives me building something great that people or my customer love to use that creates value for somebody else. And if you may build a startup or a company, you put a lot of time in, you put a lot of love in, and it's a roller coaster every day, right? If I worked also seven years for a bank in a corporate world, right? But this is not something for me, right? Going in the morning in and the evening out, I need this right. adrenaline. And I was a professional football player, so... My friends and my family tells me I'm very strong under pressure. And mm-hmm. if you think about diamonds are created under pressure, right? That's so right. if if other people get stressed very strong, when pressure comes, when all this startup effect come, right? It's not every day. It's wonderful, right? It's, uh, many times it's raining and storming, right? And you are the captain right. on, the, on the sailing boat going through the ocean and you must get it done. But this is what I love to do, right? I love to do this. I love to to tackle challenges, no solution when no, no problem is no solution. These are the things that drives me every day. And I want to build this global sales platform dominating the market and seeing this growing. It's like a baby, right? You have the baby, it's yeah. born, it's growing up and you see it can walk, it goes to school. And now my baby girl is maybe going to university and soon it's getting married, right? And this is yeah. where every day I get this energy when I see this baby growing and more and more customers, they, they love it. They love to use it and different aspect, different industry. We come from luxury. We're talking about automotive, insurance and so on. Right. Great. Every day this pushed you, right? And <laughs> 
let you forget all the rainy days <laughs> where you're outside for, with a raining coat, right? Yeah, that's such a great perspective because for you, it's the build, right? It's the, let me get in there let me solve problems. And for whatever our, our tick is or whatever makes us go, whatever is pushing us, you're right. It does help us forget those rainy days because they're, they happen. They happen to everybody. They happen to every successful person, every not successful person. <laughs> I just think that what you've just described is that the successful folks that we see around us have identified what is it that makes me go? And for you, it's building, it's innovating. It's let's take this next thing and make it better or create something fresh and brand new. And that drives you. And so we don't think about, or we don't ponder, or we don't like really weigh on those rainy days. I just think it's so cool. <clears throat> I'm even just over here brainstorming in my, as you're talking about this metaverse experience and uh, there's just realistic and being able to zoom in and out and being able to do everything, even for gathering the Kings as a brand, the mastermind group. And like you said, for consulting, I think that it would be incredible to have some experiences, not only when we meet, obviously via Zoom, we could be meeting in our own experience inside of metaverse. And, uh, and then of course, for prospects, like you're talking about a sales platform for folks that want to check out gathering the Kings as a potential mastermind group for them. When they come to us having this incredible experience uh, to be able to go through, maybe even meet some of the other folks in, in the group, I think that would, could be an amazing opportunity. So I'm already over here tinkering in my brain about how we can use your platform. That's um, great. <laughs> so happy to hear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think one innovative mind calls out to another. <laughs> Let's just yeah. be honest. I don't, I didn't create a mastermind around strategically talking business all day long because I hate it. I absolutely love putting puzzle pieces together. I want to know, take us back a little bit. How'd you get started? You said you played football over here in America. We call it soccer, right? But tell us the journey. Like how did it transition from professional sports to business? I think this was starting quite early. Uh, when I was young, I started coding software developing when I was 12, I think. My older brother had an IT company. So I start working in, in the holiday time in his company. He pushed me extremely. I'm very thankful to have an older brother that really not see myself as his young brother. And he want always that I grow. And uh, so this was, I love technology. This was my DNA is, is technology. And then when I grow up in Germany, it was quite interesting. In my time, there was not a PlayStation or all this stuff like you have today. For us, was always playing soccer, right? We come home from school. I'm a key kid, right? I'm growing up with a key around my neck. My pa Both parents have working every day from morning at six till the evening. So I have to take care of myself. And I played with my brother's football, soccer in this time. And it was quite interesting in Germany, right? We have a lot of immigrants because we... We, we, we need them to help us to in, in the factory and producing the same. So we, I had a lot of friends from Turkey and all these other countries from Europe. And it was always fun. We played in the Germans against the Turkish, the Germans against the, the Yugoslavia. And I was the youngest, right? My, my brothers are seven and nine years older than me. So I was wow. very young coming as, as in the football, in the soccer yeah. and was getting better and better. And there was then the moment somehow when I got a professional contract then with Stuttgart. It's the first Bundesliga. I made some years in playing football, but it was never my love. It's very interesting. Right? Yeah. Football was not my love. I was good in it, but it was not my love. And this was maybe also the thing why I not made it longer. And then I was playing in Toulouse in France in the first league. My, my club gets bankrupt. My, my contract was then stopped. And I was sitting in the garden in Toulouse, uh, south of France, nice wine and cheese, and was thinking what I do. 
Yeah. And this was quite an interesting moment for me because a friend called me and said, hey, Thorsten, I have three other friends. They built a company in Germany, SAP consulting company. You have anyhow nothing to do right now. Why are not start there? <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I think why not? It's a good jump, right? From professional football back to the business. I love building things. So I stayed with the guys there and we built a company. But also here, I'm I'm always a person, I want more, right? I set very high goals and targets and want to achieve them. And we came then in this company to a point where they did not want to grow in a way like I want to grow. So I okay. exited and I built my second company. But in this point, uh, it was quite interesting. This was a company that makes cloud services, was around 2003, four for small companies, accounting, invoicing, time management, all this stuff, but it was not working. It was too early for most of the people at this time. Cloud, oh, my data, I don't want to give my data and so on. Right. Then I transformed into a consulting company again, have customers in the US and Canada and Switzerland flying around the world and was nearly a burnout because I was more in the plane as anything else. Yeah. Joined in a bank in Switzerland, have then there some years with the bank. They transferred me to Singapore and then I realized when I came to Singapore, hey, there's a big issue here with really storytelling, experience in the physical boutique, connecting the inventory with the people outside via mobile phone. And this was then the moment where I say, okay, I make Inspify and build now this platform. Wow, that's incredible. I think that, I mean, <clears throat> there's there's so many entrepreneurs that think about cool ideas like this. And I think a lot of times we just go, ah, oh, that'd be cool. And then that's it. We think of a good idea or a great idea in our mind and, oh, that'd be fun. And then that's it. And it never actually comes to fruition until someone like you <laughs> comes around and actually does it. And so I'm just, I'm so inspired. I want to know in the early phases of either the consulting business or now Inspify, I want to know of a good decision that you've made that has really been like a key building point of you being able to be successful. That's a very, very good question. A good decision. I think the best decision what I did in the early stage was bringing my co-founder Flavio Mid on board. Because if you go such a journey like building a startup, I personally believe it's you need friends and strong partners in this journey, right? Because you cannot do everything, right? And right. trust is the most important, right? So my I think the best decision was bringing my, my, my co-founder on board and that we go the journey together. And if you ask me what was my bad, uh, worst decision or worst experience was having other partners that have not fit into the vision of where I want to bring the company and putting the effort yeah. in. So, Interesting. Uh, I, I think one of my best decisions was bringing the right partner in. And one of my worst decisions is bringing the wrong partner. In. Yeah. <laughs> but, and I think the listener has probably heard generally speaking, both of those, how, how have you then been able to determine what's a good partner? What's a bad partner? How do you know? In, in German, you say the true is on the soccer pitch, right? A lot of people talk. I have seen, I think this is the, in my whole experience, there are two people that talk and there are other people that they do. Yeah. And you need to find the people that do. It's very easy to say, oh, we build a startup. We want to be successful. But if it comes from oh, I have to wake up at five and I go into the bed at 3 a.m., right? There are not many people and you don't build a startup only from talking and, and not putting the effort in, right? Mostly right. you are successful and I have learned this from my professional career. My friends have been partying in the disco. I put on, on Friday evening, I pushed my brother's car up the hill that I get better legs and more power. 
you must put the effort in if you want to be successful. You must mm -hmm. believe in you. You must push. And because nobody believes in you anyhow, right? So nobody thinks your idea is great. Nobody thinks you're the right guy. You do something completely different. Everybody thinks you are crazy. So you must put the effort in. And if you, my, my partner was a very a mentor for me. He always say, if you put more energy than anybody else in, then you will be successful. And I can say this for my professional career, but I can also say this from a business, developing business, driving business is always the same. First comes the effort and then comes everything else. Yeah, I, I love that. I love how you you equated it to even your history. I don't know if the listener caught that, but you said that you were pushing your brother's car uphill to be able to grow the stamina and power in your legs when you were working as a professional football player or soccer player. And so <clears throat> I think that those things in business look like dialing in and creating, coding a platform or really dialing on your sales process or making more phone calls. You name the task, right? It's just, just doing the work. And then for the partnership, just to reiterate here, it's paying attention to the who else is doing it. And so my follow-up question to that is, how do you know? How do you know before you bring them in that they're a doer? What are you paying attention to? I think now with my experience is I wouldn't make immediately somebody partner or give shares at the beginning, right? Because it's very difficult to see if somebody is, is really the person that can help you and want to go with you this journey. Because it's like a marriage, right? If you are together in this, it's like a marriage. You have good times, you have bad times, you shout to each other. It's, and you not get this from, from somebody you outside. Or It takes time to, to learn and understand the other, right? So bringing the right partner in is the best if you know somebody since many years, how this person is, what is his weakness, what is his strength. But I must really say building a startup is changing people, right? Because you have so many, maybe it's only in my life, right? You have every day so many challenge and you must yeah. find solution for things that you don't know how to solve them, right? Uh, at the right. beginning. And you're permanently under stress. I think that it's a very big challenge to get the right partner or co-founder with you into a startup. You must be very careful because it's so difficult to get them out. Yeah, obviously, I think that you nailed the right word there. It's marriage. And if you're walking into a marriage contract, you're not doing that lightly. Or at least <clears throat> I think you and I would suggest that you don't do that lightly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I want to know what kind of discipline or a process do you have now, Thorson, around making decisions? Decision comes to your desk today. What kind of process do you put that decision through? I have two rules, right? Fail fast. It's very important for me, right? If you do innovative stuff, you must get it as soon as possible out to customers or to prospect to get the feedback because, okay, you know what they need, right? But only if you put the stuff into the jungle and people are using it, you get the right feedback and so on. And this is for me, motivate my team, motivate my, my, my customer also to do new things, to test things, to really get this and also fail. And the second thing is for me to be successful is focus. I think the biggest problem why you're not successful is because you're not focused and define what is for you the goal. Yeah. This was also learning and I'm very happy with my, my investors, right? Where somehow very experienced to say, okay, define the goal clear where you want to be in 12 months and plan back and then focus, execute, execute. Yeah. And based on, on, on your goals, you want to be in 12 months cut everything away that is not part of this goal. Because in a startup, you always get distracted or this happens to me as an innovative person. You see always opportunities 
and you must cut them down. So this is where we go. We march like an army. This is where we go. How do you balance in that moment being able to be nimble and change? Because it's not like you start off, especially in a startup. It's not like you start today, define where you're going to go in a year and end up exactly there. We know that obviously things change over the course of time. You get feedback from customers and all the stuff that you're just got done talking about. So how do you know in that moment when you're building in the first few years, whether it's a startup or whether you're just in the first five years of business, let's say, from identifying a target and getting distracted, or this is something that we need to adjust and grow in so that we can become a better version? How do you know the difference? Maybe it sounds a little bit strange, but in my case, I can feel it, right? This is maybe where I'm, since I'm young, set my goal. And goal means okay, where we want to go, not only from a revenue side, from a customer side, it's also from a company growth side. And you have your metrics, right? Okay, we want to have four or five million revenue. We want to have 200 customers. And then you must really get the troops in line from a marketing side, from an engineer, from a product side, operational side, that all is tailored to these kind of goals, right? Sure, you cannot predict things, right? Especially right. in early startups, you don't know sometimes how to get your customers, right? And this is, if your startup gets more mature, right? You are more predictable in how you get your customers, what you have to do. And these are the learnings that you have to go through. And it's very frustrating sometimes. You think about, okay, I only do, I must do this and this and I get my customer and nothing happens. And That's then right. you have something, customers come without, think about this, we do no, we have no marketing budget in the last two years. Right. So you get customers without marketing and then you go in in a way you want to get new customers through marketing and you 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 play around, you see what works, you have the gears to play around. So it's sometimes... It feels sometimes you don't know sometimes why things work and why things not work. But if you look back, then you clear the indicators, right? But because it's new and you have so many, I say noise. Today, the problem is you have so much noise and you must filter the signals out of this noise and then make the right decisions. Yeah, no, it's so good. What you were just talking about as far as basically, whether it's a startup, a tech startup like yours, or whether somebody's in a construction business and they're just in year two or three, right? There's nothing new necessarily about, let's say, building a deck. Although I'm sure there's plenty of innovation inside of that industry. But my point is that we know decks. Okay, great. But the point is that same entrepreneur who's listening right now, whatever they're building or whatever they're doing, they still have to figure out what you just said, your sales process. How do you get new clients? Because as a new business, that is by far the most important thing. <laughs> you got to go get the customers. You can be as clear as you want to be. We can have a game plan. We can have a business plan. We can all meet. We can even meet in the metaverse and we can be excited about it. But if we don't, if we don't have a, an action step to go get new customers. So my question to kind of circle all this up is for the new business owner who's listening today, obviously a variety of different industries. So it's not going to be the exact as you, as far as marketing and sales, but what would be your general advice around someone who's in their first couple of years of business and what they need to go do is dial in on that marketing and sales process to acquire new customers. What would you say to that person? Absolutely, right? We, at the beginning, we have focused only on the product and not on the marketing side, right? You can have the be best product, you don't sell it, right? If you don't know how to sell it. And sure. I think in the current time, it's very important to understand, I call it product sales, right? We come from an enterprise sales where relationship is the, the key to success, right? You must know the right people to get access to decision maker. And then you have your meeting and you must win then this game, right? But you cannot, in my business, you cannot really scale in this business. 
So the biggest challenge, what you have really to figure out quite early is, and if you build a technology product, you must build in your product already thinking processes. How is the whole funnel from awareness down to conversion and purchase, right? You must understand these kind of things, right? It's easy to say, I make Facebook, I make LinkedIn, I make EDMs, but having the right website, right? So these are all the things we not did at the beginning. The having the right website, having purchase functionality in the website, understanding where come the people from, why they click now purchase. So all this, you must spend a lot of time. I think this is what I did in the first years, not really, right? To really understand how the funnel works from a product sales. And you must, I think this is the first thing what you have to learn in parallel to building a great product. Yeah. Because if you don't understand the whole mechanics from, from awareness down to conversion, you will really struggle, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so the steps really, as you're building your product, whether it's a tech product or whether you've identified that you're in the trades or that you're in marketing or whatever, you have to identify the steps, just like you're going to identify the steps of building either the product or you're taking your client through a certain consulting process, just like you're making that experience right. You have to understand the experience, quote unquote, of how you're going to get them to be aware of you all the way down to what he's talking about conversion, which is when they purchase. Thinking about your sales process, really it's the entire customer. It's how are we getting our name out all the way to purchase, but then even beyond the purchase, the customer journey still is continued in the product, how we get referrals from this person, how we do business with them again. Like there's just so many touch points. And would you say in your experience that a lot of businesses maybe don't spend a lot of time on this and maybe should? I think so. I think personally, when I look around in my peers and many spend time on the product side, right? And in the last years, what I can also see is many have been thought more about investors than on their customer side, right? How I get my raise and prepare the slide deck, the nice thing I want to get a raise, but less thinking about the customer acquisition and all this stuff. So yeah, it's good. I would really, when I'm sure I build a new company after this because <laughs> I cannot be relaxing in Bali on the beach, right? This is what I would really do from the first moment, right? Clearly understand who are my customers, what is really their pain point and don't do things that are plastered, make really a vaccine, right? Something yeah. that understand your customers, what they want, why they want it, where they are. And my complexity is maybe you notice know as one of the sales leader also, right? I'm in B2B business. B2C is a little bit more easier, right? Yeah. At Google ad campaigns, I sell devices that, that help to present jewelry pieces and watch pieces in perfect quality via streaming and live sessions, right? It does not bring anything if I make Google ad campaigns and say, okay, streaming studio, remote selling. Right. Nobody's searching for this, so I will never right. come up. So the question, learn really what is your custom, what they are doing for what they are searching that has maybe nothing to do with your product. For me, I love this because it's like a video game, right? So cracking these things and how I can get it, where I get traffic. And so that's the magic, right? Really thinking about how you crack it, how you can get your message, your brand, your products to a customer in the best way where they say, wow, this is exactly what I need. Think about the iPhone before the iPhone was coming out is a very funny statement. I think everybody has heard it. If you would ask the people about, I want a touchscreen, I want to have apps, nobody would know it. And then Steve Jobs right. come with the iPhone and everybody know, oh, I need this. 
Yeah. And this is mostly if you do something innovative, these people does not know they need it. So from a sales perspective, it's really quite interesting how you can target these people that does not know the product is there and that the product right. will help them. So yeah, so this is quite makes fun to, to find this out, to figure this out and get the, the numbers. The number one thing that I just heard you say that I wanted to deposit into the listener before we move on to the speed round is this. You're playing a game. You're having fun and you're playing a game. And I think when I really analyze what I'm doing in business in different industries, in different types of businesses for different lengths of time, I'm playing a game. I'm just having a blast. Sometimes it's a little harder. Sometimes it's a little easier. Sometimes I'm laughing. Sometimes I'm pretty serious. But man, I'm playing a big old game. And I think that mindset or that perspective, what you just said, having fun, playing a game, it actually releases all of the maybe potential stress or whatever. It's just, let's look at the sales process. Let's look at the fulfillment. We got to get down and break it down and we got to actually do the business things. But this is just a big old game. Let's move the pieces around. Let's have some fun. And so as simple as that is, I just wanted to reiterate that because you just said it pretty calmly. Like it's just been your MO for years, which I think is a part of why you've been successful. I think that you've just been having fun playing a game and a lot of entrepreneurs carry the weight, which is fine. I, there's a lot of weight in business. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of overwhelm. But when you can translate that into, okay, let's, what move am I going to make next? I think that it makes for a whole nother level of fun. You want to add anything to that before we move on? No, you're absolutely right. And also here some parallels between professional soccer player and uh, business, right? Why are successful sports people successful is they go in a stadium with 50,000 people and you have 90 minutes where you have to perform. Nobody cares about before or after the game. And if you go in and think so much, right, you will lose. You, you will block. You are not fast. But if you go in and have fun, enjoy the crowd, enjoy the atmosphere, enjoy the game, right? You're much more innovative. You're much more relaxed and you can really do something that you normally not can do. And you have, to, I think you have, like you say, you have this pressure of startup, right? And if you have investors and so you, you have this, right? And you cannot sleep, right? This is normal, right? Sometimes you cannot sleep. Oh, how I pay my guys, how I need this customer, Right. But coming there in the state where you are relaxed and you enjoy what you're doing, also if it's hard, it's it, then it makes fun, right? Yeah, I love it. All right, I want to come at you in a different angle here with some speed round questions. My first question is this. If you had to dwindle your current business, Inspify, all the way down into one trackable metric, what would that be? What would you track forever? If I listen to my investors and my board, <laughs> these are the SaaS metrics. Uh, I personally right. love, for me, the most important is customer satisfaction, right? On, a, on one way, but I want to build a profitable business. So profitability is for me quite important, right? So yeah. these two two things are, I, I'm, I don't want to build a company that lose money. So this is also something which, it's very common in the past. You have your investor, they're pumping in the money and it's only about growth, right? I really love to to create a profitable business, a sustainable business. And sustainability and profitability is related to customer satisfaction, right? That's right. Yeah, I love how you've put those two together because I think that you're right. I think a lot of entrepreneurs go, if I'm not making money, that would be difficult. So I, I got to track the money. I want to track customer satisfaction. A lot of people will talk about reviews or experience. But really, the sustainability is those two things put together. I love how you said that. Thorsten, what kind of book or what book would you recommend that a six-figure business owner read? 
So what really has changed my view on a lot of point, it's the voltage effect from John Ellis. Okay. Uh, not sure if you heard about it. It's really no. how to make good ideas great and great ideas scale. Love and, that. And the book is really, because there are a lot of good ideas outside and great ideas and but how to make them scale, right? This is, is always the big challenge, right? You get maybe your first 10 customers, 20 customers, great product, they love it. But it's a different thing if you have 20 customers or 2 million, right? The right. scaling effect. And so this book is really has shaped me in a way to think different on, on, on some of the factors, right? To really focus more, again, focus, focus, focus. And I can, really can recommend this book. Okay. I love it. Say the name and author one more time, and we'll put it in the show notes as well. The Voltage Effect by John A. List. Love it. Okay. Do you intentionally network or mastermind with other entrepreneurs? Yeah, absolutely. I love this. Connecting with peers, connecting with other CEOs from the tech industry. For me, it's very important, right? That you get all the signals from other industry. It doesn't have to be maybe metaverse or technology can be I don't know, crypto analytics companies can be property tech companies, can be anything. Right? I believe, and if you see my history, I worked for wholesale, pharmacy, cars, banking. I have so many different industries. Yeah. And if you have this knowledge and you get outside information and you talk with your problems to people that are outside, you get sometimes very good suggestion. And uh, I have a 14 years old son. And I say to him always, the most important thing you have to learn is how to network, how to really wow. talk with people and get the information and insights from others. I think this is quite an important piece. Yeah. I love how you've identified not just getting advice from others, I think, which a lot of people do, which is great, but then specifically getting it from people who have a different you know, way of thinking, or they're in a different industry. And that's obviously really what we've tried to do, not only with Gavin the King's podcast here, but with the mastermind, it's like, okay, if I can gather people together from all these different industries, you're successful, you're in a completely different part of the world. I'm successful. The listener in their own right is successful, maybe not to the level yet that we are, but if us three listening to each other, talking and poking each other back and forth, man, there, there could be some really, there's some fun things that come about. And I love what you said there, as far as it's almost like an agitation. It's like I'm seeking someone outside of my normal forest so that they can tell me about some different type of trees, because that might be exactly what I need, which I love. I've got one more question here for you. And it's, if you lost it all, Thorsten, what would you do? I think, first of all, I would be very grateful for the experience, right? Love that. My, my life is all about, I did so many different things. And if I look back, I not regret anything. It's all re-experience. And if this thing goes wrong, right? At the end, I gained so much experience in these years that nobody can take me away. It's mine. And you as a person, you grow with your experience. Can be good, can be bad, but it's experience. And this is something, and I'm a strong believer in the path of life is given, right? So where you go is already predefined. You can a little bit walk left and right on this path. So you feel like I can change it. But the people you know and where you go this given, and also in my life, I have seen this. I was playing in Düsseldorf. We get uh, demoted to the third league. I not get a new club. And out of the blue, I get Toulouse, right? South of France, very nice. And then I get connected with my friends in Germany. For So I really strongly believe that this path is given. So the experience is great. Okay, it was not working. Okay, but that the world is not crashing. This is, this is good. Then I would take a break to relax and recover a little bit. But uh, yeah. As I say, I'm sure I will start in something new. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. I love your perspective on life, gratefulness. I think if we're all careful and, and even purposeful, like you just were, we look back on our history and especially now, because we can look back and we can look back to those tender moments where we, maybe we disagreed, or maybe we were frustrated, or maybe we didn't understand what was happening. And we look back to those connections that were made or the things that we were doing that led to whatever. And um, even though <clears throat> it was the South of France and that was not part of the plan or whatever, whatever the thing we can look back to and we go, oh, wow, if that hadn't happened, then I wouldn't have met that person. If I hadn't met that person, then that wouldn't have happened. And, uh, and it's perspective is really what you've just given us is perspective of where things are, where they have been, where they could go. You, and you never know. If you think I was a professional soccer player, for some, this is the end point of everything. If it stopped, I tell you, a lot of my colleagues played, they, they have been frustrated, depressed and all this stuff. Yeah. And for me, that was the end for them. Yeah, exactly. But for I was, I never look back. Sure, I look back. But for me, I, I not care so much about my past, right? It's more about where I want to go every day. I want to go uh, tomorrow. I, I have these goals. And this was for me a step. I took a break then, but then comes a new part of life. And I'm sure, right, that life has so much exciting things for me in the next couple of years. And I cannot wait to discover them, right? Yeah, I love that perspective of not even really just glass half full, but you can just tell that you have a very high optimism perspective of the future and you're excited about it. I am too. I think the listener should be too. How can the listener find you? How can they connect? Maybe they have a business right now that needs your metaverse experience to be able to help them sell their product. How can they find you? Yeah, the best way is maybe through LinkedIn, Torsten Walter, Inspify, and then you should find me or you drop me an email, Torsten at Inspify.com and happy to reply. My Twitter account, I'm not a Twitter guy, but I have to start it. I think I have five <laughs> followers, right? Maybe we can. We're going to try so, to get him to a couple hundred at least. <laughs> yeah. So I, maybe you can help me promote my Twitter account and this would be fine. There so, but go. the best thing is through my LinkedIn account. There's not only one Inspify in this world right now. So if you search Tosten Inspify, then you will find me happy to connect and share my experience and bring this to, to others also. Yep. I love that. Thank you for being here. We wish you absolutely nothing but success and blessing in, uh, in your business, your family, all that fun stuff. Thank you for being here. Hey, thank you so much. It was a great fun. Enjoy the time and talk to you soon. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Gathering the Kings. We hope you got a ton of value today and learned a thing or two about taking your business to seven figures and beyond. If you desire more and want a community around you to help you get there, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. That's gatheringthekings.com. And I want you to apply for our next Becoming a King 90-Day Intensive. We are extremely exclusive by nature as a group. What that means is that we're really wanting only the entrepreneurs who take their business and targets super serious to apply. So if that's you, you think you got what it takes to level up your business, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com and apply. And we will see you on the other side.